Welcome one, welcome all, welcome to the Bricks in the Wall. Welcome back guys, welcome back to the show. Today we have an interesting guest, uh, somebody who, um, the type of people I like talking to, you know, the people who usually gone through some type of dark issue or some type of problem, yet they figured it out and they came and over overcame the struggle and the seemingly rock bottom and became like the ultimate version of themselves and now they're out there helping others do it. <clears throat> her name is Amy Robeson. She has her own website, um, amyrobeson.com, I believe. Let me check it really quick. Um, yes, I'm going to put all the links down below. But she's offering, basically, she's like a self-help coach. Um, we're going to talk about her story, about how she overcame like a kind of dark, traumatic past. And how she kind of fixed herself with the help of spirits, in a sense. So um, she offers courses. Right now she offers a DNA Awakening Accelerator course where she kind of helps you deal with all the seemingly junk DNA that we have in our body that scientists claim is for nothing but actually has hidden powers. And she also has a podcast, Awakening with Amy Robeson. She has a YouTube channel and you can contact her and get her to how to get your shit together. So without any further ado, let's start the show. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show your comrade and mine, Mrs. Amy Robeson. How are you doing, Amy? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for uh, agreeing to join on and give us some of your time and share some of your knowledge with us. Definitely. I'm, I'm just honored to be here. Thanks, Juan. So tell I us, Amy. I think it's great when we can share. Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said, I think it's great when we can all share what we know, because that's how we can grow and evolve. Right. Just talk. Uh, the last guest I had, uh, whenever I end the show, I like to ask the guest to leave us a piece of information that they would like to share with the world. And his information was to, to converse and to talk to people and to not be afraid of kind of um, offending others. I mean, of course, have compassion, but don't be afraid to talk to the other, because what the others do is they divide us and the way they, they control and rule the world is divide and conquer. And through that, mm -hmm. they just have us separated and not talking and not being open-minded to, to listen to someone else's ideas or why they are the way that they are. Yeah, definitely. Good piece of advice. Love it. So tell us, Amy, um, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you came to doing what you do. Well, I'm a healer, a spiritual teacher. I teach people how to have a self-discovery, discover something new about themselves, discover their power within so that they can live their best life in this lifetime and experience heaven on earth in this lifetime. I believe that we are all given a set of challenges and how we react to those challenges along our path determines what our next experience or experiences can be. And sometimes those experiences are not always um, sunshine and rainbows. Mm. <laughs> sometimes they're very hard, challenging experiences. And when we can brush ourselves off and reflect in a different way, we can really make change. And the more that we can talk about the changes and the experiences that we've had, the easier it can be for someone else to overcome what they're experiencing as well. 
I love that. That's beautiful. That makes me think of the dark night of the soul and that <clears throat> we all kind of hit this moment where we kind of really got to talk to our shadow self and see what's really going on behind the scenes in our subconscious mind, which is usually programmed through media and culture. And we're indoctrinated to see ourselves in a certain way. And I think it always has to be some type of big ordeal for us to really peel back the layers and see why we act and why we behave in the ways that we do. Yeah, sometimes it can be a big ordeal where it's, you know, life changing, but we often get messages along the way. And oftentimes because of society and conditioning, we overlook those. We keep going, going, going past all of the signs because creation, God, the universe, whatever sacred title you give that being is constantly speaking to us. Spirit is constantly speaking to us, but sometimes we just override it and we, we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until finally it's like, you can't push anymore. You have to slow down and you have to, to look at the truth of what's going on, because if you're not looking at the truth of what's going on, you're just going to get sick Mm. and sick mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Okay, yeah, I love that. And why do you think people do this, Amy? Why do you think people get into this habit or into these slumps where they kind of just go off of the rhythm of normal life and they fail to really examine and look at what's causing either dis-ease or just unhappiness? There, Well, there's several things. And I, I believe that oftentimes there's societal conditioning. So there's societal conditioning and then societal conditioning what i mean by that is is we're taught that this is a normal behavior Mm. so you work your butt off especially in the united states you if you're not working 50 plus hours a week you're you're lazy basically Mm -hmm. right and so we're conditioned to if you work harder that means one you're more important or you're going to make more money or that your xyz label so there's that societal conditioning but then there's also this collective energy in society that feeds into that conditioning that causes like these invisible like chain reactions in people Mm. what i mean by that is um as a collective we can have like a heartbeat right and if we are all conditioned to behave and programmed programmed and conditioned to behave in a particular way. And when someone goes against that norm, it it can feel almost like friction in someone's body. So for example, if you're conditioned to have a certain type of work schedule, and that is what seems to be normal in your family, and your body is telling you slow down slow down you need to take a break but in your subconscious mind it could be all of the stories you've ever picked up through society meaning you can't take a break you got to take care of your family if you're not taking care of your family you're not a provider or it could be you're lazy if you're not working xyz amount of hours or whatever story it is that's going on in the subconscious mind and then in the conscious mind you can have this friction, even if your soul and spirit is telling you slow down. Mm. And then what ends up happening is people end up going into a crisis and the crisis can be physical, emotional, spiritual, or mental. Mm. 
Wow. When, while you're speaking about this, it actually makes me think of the fact of maybe this is how diseases manifest or pains or issues with the body that it actually forces you to stop and, and to look and to take yeah. a break. Yeah. So dis ease. So for we're, we're putting a hyphen in, in between that, the S and the E, there's dis ease that happens in the body that is typically comes forward and percolates within the system from emotional distress. So oftentimes we are not taught properly how to process our emotions. And if we're not processing our emotions in the proper way, like a toddler, if you've ever noticed a toddler, they're beautiful at processing their emotions. Their emotions come on really strong. They start screaming, they start fighting, they start violently acting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and But they process, they allow the big emotion to move through their body. And then seconds later, they're perfectly fine. <laughs> Whereas adults, we're like, I don't have time to be angry right now. Or I can't show show that I am extremely emotional about what just happened. So they push those tears away or they push that anger down or they push down that dissatisfaction that they're experiencing or frustration or whatever it is because they don't have the time to process it or they're not in the appropriate place to process it. But oftentimes as adults, we forget that, oh, I was upset about that. So you just kind of sit and it's kind of like the frog in a pot. Mm. The frog's getting boiled, but it doesn't realize it's getting boiled because it started off with cold water, right? Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't know that it's in danger until it's too late. Wow. And so if we can process those emotions in a healthy way, um, it allows us to have a completely different outlook on life. And I call that the lens of love. We get to start experiencing the lens of love, experiencing the lens of love for others and experiencing the lens of love for ourselves as well. Hmm. That's really interesting. It makes me also think of when my daughter was a little kid. Like you said, yes, she would experience her emotions in the moment. And um, if she was sad, I couldn't quickly make her happy and she'll forget about it. But now as she's older, she's seven, eight now, now she has a memory. So now she can kind of fester in emotions and stay in them mm. for a bit longer. And it's like, oh, wow, what if memory is part of this catalyst that creates pain and suffering, but then eventually it leads to awakening and uh, reaching higher le levels of consciousness, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the nice thing is she's still seven. So there's your your dad and so you get to teach her how to process the emotions healthy right yes. and there's so many different ways that we can process the emotions we can we can color we can use art we can shake out our bodies we can do an activity um to process the emotion we can journal she can draw a picture like there's so many things that we can can do and for me like i love leaning into my spiritual practices and one of my favorite spiritual practices or assisting and processing emotions is meditation. Mm. Meditation, hands down, is the, the, the best medicine, along with oxygen breathing, for your soul. 
So, so that, that's what you do. Say, for example, you're going through something stressful in your day. What, what's the thing that you do? Because one story I mention often in this podcast is I could be meditating gratitude in the car while I'm driving. But as soon as somebody cuts me off, I instantly lose it and I get upset. And it's like, Ooh, yeah. it's hard to maintain it while you're actually in the fire. Because it's easy to talk about these things where everything's fine. But once things actually happen, it's kind of hard to like really go through that so could you walk us through maybe something that happens to you where you lose your patience maybe and how do you get back on yeah track? so it's it's so several things is you got to catch yourself in the act and so that might be the immediate act or it might be later on where you're like hmm that was kind of that wasn't really right the way that i reacted in that way and then i'll look at circumstances so let's say I'm driving and someone cuts me off and I'm ticked off about it. I start yelling at them inside my car, not like they can hear me, but I might stop and realize, hey, I'm mad at them. Why am I mad? Like, why is this one aluminum object and the person in it causing me to lose my peace? And I'll think back, well, I left the house late or I was running behind Mm. and now I'm frustrated at myself because I'm running behind. And now they just kind of came into my lane. They don't really do anything. Maybe they cut me off. Maybe they didn't. Maybe I'm overreacting, but I have to look at what was going on prior to that particular moment. Mm. Interesting. I like that. Go ahead. No, I'm saying I'm, I just said I like that. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. So it's like, what what was I doing prior to that moment that led up to that particular thing? And sometimes it might not even be from that moment. It could be something I've been stewing on for a week and haven't given myself permission to actually look at it. Mm. And it could be something very, very subconscious where it's my inner child that's processing something from a week ago someone said and i didn't realize my inner child was so affected by it but if i hadn't taken the time to talk to my inner child i wouldn't really know and so for part of the work that i do with my clients is we're so multi-dimensional you are not just your human physical body you have an inner child you have an emotional body of mental body of a spiritual body of a physical body you have an ego and all of these different aspects of you, and these are just a small amount of aspects. You have many, many aspects, many personas that we've created over time from previous experiences that are causing reactions in, in your day and you're knowingly or unknowingly participating in those actions from those aspects of your being. And so if you can get in connection with those different aspects of your being so that you fully understand why you're reacting in the way that you're reacting or why you're behaving or why that pattern keeps coming up, then you get an opportunity to discover one, something new about yourself. Then you have the opportunity to actually shift and change into a behavior or pattern that supports what it is that you truly want and desire in your life. 
Wow, that's such a great and analytical way to look at it. So if I'm understanding correctly, is what you're saying is it's not exactly the events or the thing that ticks you off, but it's probably things prior that have led you up to this point where you're not maybe at center or at homeostasis with yourself that you kind of all of a sudden jump off the, the path. Yeah, absolutely. So, so th there's also boundaries too. So that doesn't mean that people are not, not always the nicest. I mean, not always innocent, right? Like I have some family members or friends or, or coworkers or someone that I might be in relationship with that we don't see eye to eye on things. And if we have good boundaries with each other, we're fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, if I allow someone else to steal my peace, that's on me. The only thing that you can really um, have control over is how you choose to react mm -hmm. to any given right. situation. And so I had something recently just happen where I have very clear boundaries with someone that I love. And I've made it very clear that I won't have conversations around a particular topic with this person because it just, it never ends well. Um, and so I've, I've said that the next time you've talked to me about this, I, there will be no reaction from me whatsoever. There will be no uh, conversation about it. I, I'm putting up, and these were my exact words, I'm putting up a very clear boundary on this. Mm, wow. And this person was like, yeah, 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 okay. And then recently, same thing happened. And this time, I didn't get upset. I didn't get mad. I didn't get triggered because triggers are an invitation to heal. And I, I was not triggered. And I was like, nope, I've, I've done my work on this. And it was like such a really proud moment because I do believe that we, it's important to acknowledge when we've actually overcome something. Mm. And that one right there has taken me years to overcome. Mm. Mm. And it didn't come overnight, but it, it's like, finally, I'm like, oh, finally, awesome. I'm not triggered by this. And it's because I finally was bold enough to say, this is my very clear boundary on this. And I do not feel guilty or bad about not replying or responding because I've already made it really clear. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's a great obstacle to overcome. Yet I feel also it for that, for people to be that honest and convict, really convicted with themselves and really like, honest and strong to be able to say that and to be like okay i told you this is gonna happen i'm not gonna respond or keep on going like you said before it seems like we're indoctrinated by all of these cultural values and i think i like to remind people that the root word of culture is cult so in a sense we're all being programmed by this cult that we call culture and it seems to me i don't know i want to get your opinion on this it seems to me that this is done kind of on purpose to lower people's potential or consciousness? What is your opinion on that? Well, I think that there are many different um, organizations that have different agendas. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what organization that you're um, a part of and how that's impacting you. And um, I believe that there's good agendas and bad agendas or neutral agendas. So it just depends on what it is that you're connecting with and how it's impacting you. And, you know, I think that you mentioned the dark night of the soul. We, we will go through these um, up-leveling periods in our life where the truth 
comes to surface. And so whatever organization that you're in or a group that you're a part of, you're going to see the truth that is not in alignment with you. You'll see the truth of other beliefs and patterns that are not true. And you'll have a decision to make if you want to continue with that or to evolve from that or shift your relationship with it. Uh, I know for me, um, the the best example would that be is like for me, like I'm not a big person on following any particular one organized religion. I am spiritual. I take different things from different spiritual paths that feel good to me. And I leave behind the rest that don't resonate because my soul has had many, 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 many different experiences. And my soul knows that that particular path isn't in alignment. And I'll often explain this to my Akashic Records students too. Um, and for, for your listeners, the Akashic Records are amazing. Every deed, word, thought from the moment your soul is incepted is recorded in this energetic library. It's a field of infinite possibilities. And we can go into the records and ask the guardians of the records, which are masters, teachers, loved ones, creation, for love and guidance and support in any and all areas of our life. And one of the things that I like sharing with my Akashic Records students are is like your soul can have friction between your soul lineage and your ancestral lineage because your soul has had all these different experiences while your ancestral lineage has had their own experiences and their beliefs can cause friction uh, with your own soul because your soul knows the truth to something else because it's lived in different experiences and know that that's not the path. And so oftentimes people will be born into different families feeling like they're the black sheep of the family, but they're not the black sheep. They're here to break ancestral patterns. Mm. And they chose that family for a particular reason. And before anybody says like, why would I choose a family that did all these horrible things to me? Sometimes we have agreement with, with certain souls and we choose particular families. We have to keep in mind that sometimes family members in that lineage can have agreements with that soul and they break agreements because we have free will, they have free will, and they don't show up for their end of the bargain and do some nasty evil stuff. That does not mean that you chose that. It's Everything works on free will, but I like to explain that to people just because you, just because you're born into a particular conditioning does not mean that you're, you have to stay in that conditioning. Wow. That's such a great response, but see, that's a great response from somebody who has done the work or who has been doing this for a while. But it seems to me when I was little, I would just, because I had insomnia, I would just lay in bed thinking about things, and I would always wonder and ponder, why is the world so messed up? And then, so I would take a step back and look, mm -hmm. when it seems like hmm, culture uh, is producing this media that's kind of being shoved down people's throat, and they watch all this violence on TV, all these low vibrational wow. things, they feed us food that's lowering, lowering our, our body and our potential, everything seems to be poisoned. 
But then someone like you, of course, you've been doing the work and you know that you that the job of us ultimately will be just to disconnect. And a lot of people can do that, but it seems like the majority of the people are just in this trance or in this zoned out mindset where they can't really detach or see that they're being poisoned and that they kind of just perpetually stay in this cycle. So I guess my question would be is, I, I, I've realized I can't go around just waking people up and telling them, hey, you have to change your life. It, it comes to everyone at their time. But what can one do to kind of help others see what's going on and kind of maybe plant seeds and, and help them see that that we are being kind of uh, controlled and, and, and it's our job to disconnect? Well, I love this question. And one is you're not, your job is not to change someone's mind. Your job is to take care of yourself. And by taking care of yourself and doing your own work, someone will naturally get curious about the changes, the amazing changes that you've made in your life and how they can do it. Oftentimes we can lead by example by just doing the work. And we have to let go of this idea that I have to change other people's minds because you don't. Mm -hmm. um, that we all have our own path. And I'll give you this example. So just because I took a meditation course and I know how to meditate in this particular way doesn't mean that that way is right for my husband. Mm. His journey to meditation can look completely different than mine. And we're still doing a really powerful practice that serves us each in our own unique ways and makes us better partners for each other. And it's okay if it looks different. Wow. Wow, you have such great responses. How long have you been doing this, Amy? I, I'm, I'm assuming that you probably had a pretty dark night of the soul and you had to sort of pull the pieces back together and fix it. Cause I did. This is the common thread that I see about people. It's like the people who really are out there helping is because they went through something and now they're trying to share what they learned with others. I, I grew up, my, my stepdad was a severe alcoholic. And so I grew up walking on eggshells. And if you grow up in a household that has um, violence and that violence could be, you know, physical, mental, emotional abuse or spiritual abuse, like you get, you learn how to fine tune to the energy that's in the room. And this is how often empaths figure out how to adapt and figure out like, When's the shoe going to drop, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, I started going through a dark night of the soul in my early 20s. And I didn't, I no longer wanted to be here. I wanted to leave. I would think about how I would take my life because I just didn't want to do it anymore. It was hard. I was like really processing all of the abuse I ever experienced as a child. And I just... I just didn't feel right. And I, I started getting, and at the time I didn't have the languaging for it like I do now, but at the time I just started having this really strong desire to start doing specifically hot yoga. Mm. And what, what sparked uh, this? Did you see it on TV? Did you read about it? 
No, nothing. I just had this really deep knowing that I needed to do it. And I had a friend that talked about yoga once or twice with me, but it wasn't, that wasn't the style that she was doing. And, um, like I just, I just knew that I needed to do something different. And I, we would, you know, we would party and we would, I would have like these really deep conversations with my friends at, you know, three in the morning when you're young and 20. And, um, I just, I felt that if I didn't do something different that I, I would die. Like I literally would die because I was to the point where I would think about exactly how I would want to take my life. And it's really hard if you've never had those feelings or emotions before, or you feel really stuck where you're not really sure what, what to do. And I just had this really strong desire that I needed to go to hot yoga. And I Googled it one day um, or Yahooed it, whatever, whatever search engine I was using at the time. Um, and um, there was actually a brand new Bikram studio that opened up just blocks away from my house. Wow. And so the first time I went, I felt that... Um, I felt my whole body change. I felt like my whole spirit changed. I felt like all these endorphins and like, I was able to like really move and push out like old stuck emotions. And I started feeling really, really good. Um, and I felt just completely different. And that started a whole path of just following the energy that presented itself to me. And I'm a really big believer that spirit's constantly talking to you. If you follow the energy that it's sharing with you, meaning if like you're going to, heck, I need to do that. Like a, a full body. Yes. I have to absolutely do that. Um, do it because spirits trying to tell you and direct you down the most aligned path that's going to assist you in evolving and for me like i started doing that and i that i just had this really and i would lay in the room after in shavasana which is like a two-minute meditation i was like devoted like i went minimum four days a week it was a 90-minute practice and um, I worked at the time in the car business. And so I was working 60 plus hours a week. And so I, I just figured, I figured it out. I would just go and, um, and I would go into Shavasana and I just could feel myself going into these really deep, deep meditations. And I was staying there as long as I possibly could. And that was when I like knew the next step for me was to learn meditation and I ended up moving to Charleston, South Carolina to be with my now husband. And um, I started getting depressed again because I um, cracked my tailbone. I couldn't practice yoga. Uh, like I was, I could feel myself spiraling out of control into like that dark hole. And I didn't want to feel like I couldn't, I, I felt like I was starting to claw. And so I didn't want to feel like I was in such a deep hole that I couldn't claw myself out. And that's when I was like, okay, I, it's time to do something different. I've been wanting to learn how to meditate. So let me figure out how to meditate. And I found like my first spiritual teacher. And from there, I just started um, 
doing one thing after another after another and it's led me to here and I to tell you the truth if you would have asked me if I was doing this 10 years ago or um actually it's been 10 years since I started my business but if you would have told me I was doing this in my early 20s I would have probably laughed at you but I've been I've been on this path since 2008 but when I was a kid, I was spiritual in my own own way, but it's when I was an adult when I really like embraced spirituality in a different way. Wow, that's beautiful. That's amazing. So if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're kind of mentioning or saying is that you think possibly the spirits put in you this idea of, of doing a hot yoga? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow, yeah. Wow. See, also, if somebody would have, if you would have told me this about maybe 10 years ago, I probably would have not believed you. But after listening to so many stories and reading all these stories, and I'm currently reading a, a book about shamanism, and a lot of them state that no matter where all around the world, usually a shaman comes because it's a calling. He gets a calling yeah. and then either something will happen, like for example, you broke your tailbone. For others, they'll get struck by lightning or bitten by a mm-hmm. snake or some seemingly numb, uh, like dark omen, but in reality, that's a calling and it's calling you kind of like to, to go into this apprenticeship and go into the teachings and learning how to like work with the spirits. And again, a long time, I would have probably not really believed that, but I think that because of the culture that we live in in society and media, we've been programmed and indoctrinated to believe that the spiritual realm is nothing but just stories and fairy tales. But I think that there's truly more there that we need to re-examine and re-look at. Oh, there's so much documentation now that science is starting to observe. I mean, there's so many amazing studies just what meditation does for the body, the mind, and the soul um that science is picking up on and it's really cool to see it now because um you know there's these really big corporations that are including meditation in in the workplace now and so i think that we live in such a beautiful time in terms that we are so connected that we can be in communities that support our views even if no one else in our physical community does, we can be in a virtual community where you can feel seen, you can feel heard, and you can start to stand in your power in a different way. You can start to own your voice in a different way so that you can start shaking off the conditioning and starting to see what's the truth for you because the truth for you can be very different from someone else, and that's okay too. Yeah. That's awesome. And it just, I don't know, it just seems to me, I'm always going and battling with this idea of how do we help people change. But like, again, I just keep going in circles that it's, like you said, it's just living your best testimony, showing how the changes that you've made in your life have actually brought legit happiness and then just kind of unplugging and disconnecting. Um, do did you go through some type of that moment while you were doing these meditations? You were just like unplugged from media and politics and you, you didn't pay attention to any of that, huh? So for me, I have a very strong rule around not watching the news. And I did not watch any news or pay attention to the news until um, 2020 when, mm-hmm. you know, we just kind of had to, mm-hmm. um, because of everything that was going on in the world for COVID and I could feel my nervous system. And at the time I was pregnant 
and I could feel my nervous system going into flight or flight. Mm. And I finally had to go, I, it's good. I will go back to the way that I used to do it, where I would set time aside, where I would consciously decide I was going to look into certain things that were happening in the world or in the States or in my particular state that I was living in. Cause I do think it's really important to stay informed of things that are going on, but with conditions around it. So we're talking about conditioning, right? <laughs> we can also set as set aside a certain, um, another word term for it would be boundaries on what you're willing and able to do so that you don't fry out your nervous system. And the beautiful thing is too, we have all these super awesome independent news sources coming out now that have real journalism in it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we can go to those platforms and consume real news now instead of going through the traditional routes where you have to really pay attention to what it is that you're consuming. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. And again, to tie in what you said, we do live in a beautiful time where we do have these, we're no longer just tied and forced to watch legacy media. We have the options to actually see real truth. And one thing I noticed also is the people who have been working on themselves, they saw through all the BS that COVID was pretty quickly. It didn't take long. I mean, even me who knew about all these things, at first was afraid, but after a while I was like, wait a minute, I, I know about this, I've read about this, this is not what it is. And what do you think, um, because I do feel like COVID was bittersweet because again, it helped a lot of people kind of just take a step back and, and realize that maybe they weren't happy in their life and that they actually yeah. need to make a change. Um, I, I, you said you had already been working on yourself. Is there immediate people around you that you saw like do a 180 from maybe not listening or believing about the stuff that you would talk about and then kind of just seeing how the world's a big lie and kind of making a 180 in their own mind? Well, I think, I think COVID was really interesting because for me, I live in a circle or community where, um, we we talk about how to assist with our mental health and COVID was really hard for people in terms of mental health because they actually had to slow down and be with themselves mm -hmm. and then they're not allowed to do certain things depending on where they lived as well i mean we lived a block from the beach and we couldn't even go to the beach like it was so stupid <laughs> like beyond stupid right, like right. it's outside um, but that affects people. And if they didn't have tools in place, it was really challenging. And what I saw is that there was people that took that opportunity to really start working on themselves, which was really beautiful. And then there was people that it really impacted them in such a really hard way and then there was a lot of death that was going on around us as well. And so it's hard to process all of that without giving proper um, proper tools to grieve the proper way that we're used to as well. And what I mean by that is like if someone's family member died, they weren't even allowed to have like a proper funeral right. for the person, mm -hmm. depending on where they lived. And so 
for for me, I, I don't necessarily feel, well, I, I can say I saw different groups of people forming, different communities forming, where there were, you know, people that were in echo chambers. And we all can get into an echo chamber chamber of some sort just based on the algorithm of our news feeds on social media. And depending on the news feed in that echo chamber would really determine how someone, if they were really in the thick of a social media feed and then that echo chamber, it could really affect their mental health in a positive, negative, or neutral way, depending on what it was. And so I think it affect everybody in their own unique way. Um, but I can't really say that, you know, I, for me, I'm just, I was viewing it the same way I would view anything in terms of like, how is this impacting someone and how can we shift it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I guess what we're kind of just uh, dancing around the idea is how to create strong people. And for you, who's been on this game for a long time, what what would you say to someone? Because I believe the biggest factor is education and parenting. If we had real parents who taught kids how to be strong individuals who fully trusted themselves and were completely honest with themselves, the world could instantly change. But we lack that n- not only in parenting but in schooling. But if you had the ears of the world and you could like tell, talk to all the parents or all the people on earth and you could give one piece of advice, what would you tell them? That's exactly it, Lon. It's how I talked about um, working with the different aspects of ourselves. That's called reparenting. So you get to reparent yourself in such a beautiful way because you get to show up for these different aspects of yourself that are wounded, that are scared, that are fearful, that are angry, that are sad, that are feeling determined or guilty or frozen in fear. Like there's all these different aspects of our being and we get an opportunity to stop and slow down and go, why am I feeling that way? Oh, my inner child feels lonely today. And then you ask your inner child, why do you feel lonely? Well, because I don't feel that I'm being, I'm able to do this big thing that you want me to do. Well, why is that? And then if you go down that rabbit hole of talking to the inner child or talking to the emotional body, you'll get a different understanding of the fears and the desires that your different parts of your being are experiencing simultaneously in your human experience. And not all of them are on the same page. And it's oftentimes, and this is the best example I can give you one is like, have you ever been so excited about something where you're like, I'm going to do that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And then all of a sudden you talk yourself out of it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yes. I can recall a couple of times. Or here's another example. Maybe you've just had a really big thing happen to you and you're so excited and then all of a sudden you have a huge fight with your partner. Uh, mm, I don't think so. So this might not be for you, but there's people out there where they're, they can have like a big win in their life and all of a sudden they, they get into a fight either with their partner or a family member, a coworker, something bad happens mm. or 
the, on the other side, they could be so excited about something. And then all of a sudden they talk themselves out of doing it, even though they may have been planning it for months or um, weeks or whatever. And it's usually because one or more aspects of your being is scared, nervous, or living in the past from something else that, ex that happened. And then they talk themselves out of doing it. Or if they get into, let's say they have a big win, um, and then they get into an argument or a disagreement with someone that they love, it's usually because they feel that they have reached their maximum capacity for love. And this is on a very subconscious level that something bad has to happen. And so they'll self-sabotage in some way, shape or form. Wow. See, I, I find it so amazing how all these tropes or things can happen in the universe and people have actually analyzed and look at them and broken them down in such a way where you can actually see where the problems are stemming from. And for y'all listening, I'm sure y'all have gone through something like this in your life because I sure have. And I'm so happy that there's people out there like you, Amy, that actually have gathered these tools and have like a, a bag or a, a belt with all these accessories to help people go through these traumas. And if somebody wanted to reach you, Amy, what kind of services do you offer and how can they reach you? Um, they can go to my website. It's theamyrobeson.com. Make sure you put the the before my name, theamyrobeson.com. We have, um, if you go to our free resources or free gifts on there, I have over 20 plus free meditations. I offer different free masterclass series um, throughout the year. Uh, I teach anything from the Akashic Records to light language to meeting your spirit guides, um, DNA activations, all sorts of different fun spiritual things that we can do together. But I have a lot of free resources and I have a podcast called Awakening with uh, Amy Robeson as well. I love that. See, I love that, that you have you figured out all these things for all these problems that people will have throughout their lives. And sadly, a lot of people don't have the tools to really like work through these and they'll either end up going through addiction or alcoholism yeah. or, or something to kind of put a bandaid on it. But there's ways like there's ways for people to like pull themselves up. And it's just knowing the tools and actually using them. And, and it's hard when you don't have anyone around you to offer that knowledge. But luckily, we had Amy today and she offers these services, guys. So I'm going to put all those links down below. Uh, go please check her out give her uh, a message and she has these courses that she offers um, we didn't really get into it but maybe if you could really quickly summarize dna uh, awakening what is that oh so um right now we're doing our dna awakening accelerator where we activate the dna um those it's a really fun course because um, when our consciousness fell, meaning like we have free will and we were able to float in and out of different levels of consciousness, our consciousness fell and um, we weren't able to move in and out. And so there was a set of conditionings that were placed upon our DNA and we can go in and we can uh, spiritually change the DNA, energetically change our um signature our energy signature and we can activate dna we have over trillions of cells of dna in our bodies and so it's a lifetime process and so you can activate your dna just by 
meditating, but this particular course, we end up going in and we activate 24 strands of DNA. We also do some womb healing. We, and that doesn't matter if you're male or female, um, we go in and we clean out all the lower chakras and clean out any junk that's in those areas. So you can be in flow and you can have your creativity really move through you. And then we work with the inner child in that course as well. It's a really fun, funky, weird experience. <laughs> yeah, I just find that so fascinating because the scientists all speak about that we have all this junk DNA because they can uh, assimilate any any traits or attributes to what it does. But I actually feel that there's that junk DNA is probably powers or stuff that we know how to do, but we just lost the knowledge of how to do it. Yeah, and we're in a great time of awakening, which is really cool because the veil's thinning. And so when you activate your DNA, what's laying dormant within the cells of those DNAs becomes active, meaning it releases information to you about yourself and the knowledge that you know and your the knowledge that you're meant to be using in this lifetime. It's really fascinating when um, you activate the DNA because things start to accelerate on the awakening process as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that I love that stuff. That stuff fascinates me, especially, I don't know, maybe you haven't heard of this one, A.B., but um, so I read that uh, in India, the, the, the guys who were studying how to ascend their mind and everything, they would go into caves and they would be in the dark and they would fast for many, many days. And apparently mm -hmm. what this does is that once you cut off light, from the body, you, you, you lose your circadian cycle in your mind. So no longer do the um, hormones that dictate how your mind is kind of working throughout day and night because it loses that. It goes into a different state of being and it let them go into deeper consciousness and reach like really super high levels of awareness. And see, that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. These tools, these things that we've forgotten, but if we put in the work and we talk to each other and we find each other we'll figure them out and we'll become awesome almost superhero kind of people absolutely and the beautiful thing is is we're modernizing some of these practices as well and so not everybody is meant to go off and be in a cave there are some people <laughs> that are meant to do that but you can make a cave-like experience in your own space without having to leave it. Right, right. Yes, I love it. I love it. So thank you so much, Amy, for joining us today. And um, we'll definitely do it again because I really want to talk about either the tiger medicine and uh, the glitter stuff that you put on your hands. Guys, she has this crazy picture where, I don't know, I saw it and I thought it was like gold on her hands, but she has like, it's glitter flakes. and It's just glitter flakes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of the photo shoot. But it and looks cool, can, yeah. It looks you can cool. go check out the Tiger Medicine um, meditation on my podcast, Awakening with Amy Robeson, and that's also on our YouTube channel as well, which is Amy Robeson. Cool, cool. So send me those links, Amy, and I'm going to add them down in the show notes below. Thank you, Juan. I so appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed everything. Thank you, thank you. All right, guys, I hope you all guys enjoyed that. That was Amy Robeson. Please check out all the links below. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself, Find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. All right, guys. I hope you all enjoyed my talk with Amy Robeson. Man, I really love her responses. She's really thought about this. And um, I dance around these things in my head so much that sometimes I forget I'm just trying to bite my own tail. <clears throat> but the solutions really are simple. It's like 
don't try to change the world. You can't just keep on shit posting memes and hoping people are just gonna, I don't know, wake up from that, from their sleep. All you can do is really be, work on yourself, be the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. And from there, like Amy said, others will probably see that and catch that glitter in your eye that's like, wow, this guy's actually doing something different and he's happy and his life is amazing. Or maybe even he's, he might be a homeless guy, but he's so happy, he's full of joy inside that the money doesn't make any difference because there's billionaires out there who are miserable and the majority of people who make less than $5 a day are happy as hell. So today to, to end with the to the show, this song came popping up in my head as we were talking, me and Amy, um, and it's called Again from Akira the Don. Uh, I've posted so many songs of his. I don't think I've posted this one, but this is one of my favorite ones. It's uh, he has a speaker. He he has a couple of songs he's made from this speaker. He's David Foster Wallace. I'm sure y'all have heard of him. He does a lot of motivational speeches. He's just a good speaker and puts things into into such a great way of understanding. And here, this song is called "What the Hell Is Water." He gives this little didactic story about two fishes, but to me, it's really powerful because it's about Ultimately, the whole song and the idea of this little story is that more often than not, the most obvious and important realities are often the ones that are hardest to see and talk about. And it's true in our life, we have things staring us right in the face, but we don't understand them or we don't know how to contextualize or talk about them and share that idea with others of becoming I don't know, not enlightened, but self-actualized, like happy with who you are and what you do and how you've managed your life. So without any further ado, uh, I'm just going to keep on rambling at this point. This is Akira the Dawn and What the Hell Was Water. Thank you for listening to the show. Peace.
point of the fish story is merely that the most obvious, important realities are often the ones that are hardest to see and talk about. Stated as an English sentence, of course, this is just a banal platitude. But the fact is that in the day-to-day -day trenches of adult existence, banal platitudes can have a life-or-death importance. Or so I wish to suggest to you on this dry and lovely morning. Peace.